Hello, Nickelodeon fans. This is Captain Eric, and we are talking about this week in Nickelodeon history, covering April 18th to April 24th. Now, before we start with our first show, let me just say the art I've been making for the um, for the video version of this podcast on YouTube. When, when I upload these to YouTube, I always want some sort of art on the screen instead of just a, a blank. Um, well, it is a stock image, but instead of it just being one single image, I like to be creative with it. Um, so the one thing that's been stalling me from uploading the episodes to YouTube is getting that art ready. And I wanted to go all out for this. So I've just been working on this like Where's Waldo style uh, image of just um, at least one little Easter egg or acknowledgement of, of all of my favorite Nickelodeon shows, most of the shows from the 90s and some from the 2000s and, and at least one from the 2010s. Um, so just trying to work on that, perfect that has been stalling, uh, has been stalling me a ton. So, um, if you ever get a chance, subscribe to us on YouTube because uh, I want everybody to go check that kind of artwork out. And if it's something that interests you, I, I actually would like to make a, a Where's Waldo style image of, of characters drawn in that style, um, just littered throughout just streets of um, maybe Universal Studios or something iconic for Nickelodeon. I'll probably also upload the image to our Instagram page as well and Twitter. Um, like I said, uh, in, in some other previous episodes, I'm trying to just get everything ready for across the board. Uh, I have art for some pieces of social media done and others like still being working worked on. So uh, it's a process trying to juggle that with everything else that's going on in our lives. But we're going to start with two years ago on April 20th, 2019, the show Night Squad ended its run on Nickelodeon, ran for two seasons, 29 episodes, and was created by Sean Cunningham and Mark Dworkin. Um, seemed to be just a, uh, you know, little nice comedy set in medieval times. Um, it's a good, good crop of episodes. 29 episodes isn't bad. Uh, it's imagine doing like one or two and then just them canning you right there. Boom. So you got to tell some good stories. Also, two years ago, on April 19th, 2019, Ryan's Mystery Playdate premiered on Nickelodeon. Um, the one thing I've learned in my life is if you don't have something nice to say, don't don't say anything at all. And I think when it comes to uh, this this concept and the the a massive creation that has been surrounded this young boy. Um, I, it just, I don't know. I get, I, I'm bothered by it. I'm bothered by the, the sheer amount of, of work that this kid must be doing. Um, and unfortunately like stars on the internet are not under the same protections that like kids working in Hollywood are, you know, if you're a kid on a Disney channel show, um, there are like restrictions. There are very strict rules that you have to set in terms of um, spending part of your day learning, spending a part of your day working, how you get paid and and all of that jazz. 
Um, and and I'm not going to sit here and say that that system is by all means perfect and is the greatest thing ever. It probably has its flaws. It most definitely has flaws. But it, I, I'd rather have that than nothing. There's there's no governing body like looking over kids working on the Internet. Um, so just the amount that has, has been cashed in on this kid, uh, it, it just it just bothers me. Um you know, and I, the one thing I'll say is I like that they've, uh, as their products have continued to go on in stores, I'm glad that they've gone away from using um, pictures of Ryan himself and moved on to like cartoon versions of him. It, it feels a little bit less creepy at that point. Um, but it, this show is a massive success. That's I, the, the big thing. And the, you know, the why is doesn't need to be explained. There's a perfectly good reason why this show exists. Um, but yeah, it ran for three seasons and 61 episodes, uh, and, and it's still going on to this day. Uh, looks like a fourth season, uh, first dropped an episode on May 3rd, uh, or will be dropping an episode on May 3rd, 2021. So, uh, it's, it's continuing on Ryan's mystery play date. So 12 years ago on April 24th, 2009, Iron Man Armored Adventures premiered on Nicktoons Network. Uh, if you were watching Nicktoons Network at this time, the the most striking thing about this show was its animation style. It very much followed the same style as a another Nicktoons Network show, Skyland. Um, the company that actually uh, developed the, or at least was a part of the animation process of both Iron Man Armored Adventures and Skyland, Method Animation, is also behind, or at least uh, uh, has a hand in making the uh, miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir show, which is a massive success. So these guys, um, like, it's great to see that success continue going throughout all these years, these, all these different projects. And look at this, working with Marvel. Uh, I enjoyed the show. I did watch a, a decent amount of episodes when it was on Nicktoons Network. And um, I was really into Iron Man at the time and, and reading the comics again and getting into the character. And it was a decent show about a teenage Iron Man. Um, it, it, it didn't didn't catch me as well as other superhero TV shows have in the past. But I don't ever remember thinking that the show was bad. Uh, I, I thought it was very good, but I didn't finish watching it and I've never seen it like completely all in order uh, I know that both seasons are on Disney Plus now so I, I have the ability to go back and watch through the show uh, and I might do that one of these days if I'm if I'm looking for something but the one thing I know about this show is that the theme song is an absolute bop I will argue until I am blue in the face it is a it is a it is a great theme song uh, you were probably listening to it when I first mentioned the show uh, absolutely wonderful theme song uh, that's that's the best thing I can say about it but um, uh, that's not a bad thing. That's it, like having a really good theme song and, and being memorable in that regard. For me, it, you're, it's a positive in my book. So 19 years ago on April 21st, 2002, the show 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd aired its final episode, capping a run that had three seasons and 40 episodes. It was created by Stephen Berman, Mitchell Caitlin, and Nat Bernstein, and is really an underrated live-action Nickelodeon show, in my opinion. I I liked this show. 
Um, and I will say I liked it enough that I wish it, it had a proper ending. Um, it was a show that just like my name is Earl, um, uh, was able to find a reason to follow a bad character and to see them do good deeds. They're actually very similar shows when you think about it. Um, but you, you kind of want to see it pulled off. You want to you, you're rooting for the character. Um, and for those that don't know what this show is about, it is about a, a bully known as Eddie McDowd um, being turned into a dog and basically has to do 100 good deeds to get back to being a human. And the only person who can understand him is uh, is a, a, a kid that he picked on was the last kid he picked on. Um, and he's the only one that that knows he's a dog. So he basically his family has to take in this bully dog and uh they have to do a hundred deeds for him come on now that's like uh, no joke you could take that concept and make an entire movie about that um that that's ripe for little montages to show all of the deeds being done um and and maybe he has to sacrifice not turning back into a uh, human for to save this kid or something i don't know like this concept still has gas in the tank uh, and it just definitely didn't get a good end to its run, which is a is a big shame. Um, yeah, but hey, I would love to see a, a movie or even just a return to the series. Uh, you can do multiple deeds in episodes. You don't have to do a hundred episodes, one deed an episode. We don't have to commit to that. You can com- you can kind of sneak in a few little good deeds here and there. Boom, boom, boom. Start knocking them out. Um, and, and when big ones present themselves, that takes up a whole episode. Uh, there, there, there's still something there, though. I, I know it. 21 years ago, on April 23rd, 2000, The Journey of Alan Strange finished its run on Nickelodeon, capping at 57 episodes, three seasons. Uh, it was a science fiction show about an alien coming to Earth and living with a family. Um, I like remember maybe watching one or two episodes of this show, and it just didn't catch me, and I watched nothing, nothing else of it. Um, it, when I was a kid, uh, it was tough for me to get into sci-fi. I wasn't as interested in it as I would, you know, become later on in life. Um, so it just aliens and whatnot, like it, it just, I wasn't interested at all. Um, but it, 57 episodes is a, is a big, is a lot of storytelling there. Three seasons is a long time. I, I think it, you know, it has its fans, um, and some would say it's a bit underrated. I, I don't see a lot of Nickelodeon fans talk about this as much as they do other live action uh, Nickelodeon shows. So I, I don't know. Is it underrated? Is it overrated? I, I believe it's in the underrated camp, um, but but not by much. Not by much. That's just my opinion. I, I, I'm not a big I, I'm still I enjoy sci fi. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch that show now that if it's on Paramount Plus. I have a lot of I have a back catalog of stuff I'm going through. I'm still going through Kablam right now. Um, I'm almost done with that. Uh, maybe I'll after I'm done with Kablam, I'll move on to our next show. Because 24 years ago, on April 19th, 1997, the Nicktoon, The Angry Beavers, premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Mitch Shower, The Angry Beavers is one of the most well-known 90s Nicktoons uh, of the bunch. Ran for four seasons, 62 episodes, and has one of the most notorious final episodes in television animation history. The episode Bye Bye Beavers, uh, in which 
Norbert and Daggett, the main characters, uh, come to terms with the fact that they are uh, an animated show on on a, on a television, and that kids watch them, and that they're in their final episode, and and it's a wrap up for them. Uh, the the entire episode was apparently recorded, and recordings have been floating around on YouTube, and and I'm sure back end download sites and whatnot. Um, but I don't know if it even got to a, a section of animation. I, I don't think it really did. Um, and, and they took pot shots at Nickelodeon in the episode uh, 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 for canceling shows, but then rerunning them for long periods of time. And, you know, why can't a show just go on longer if, it, if it's popular? And uh, you can understand why it, it, it didn't get aired um, or why it didn't even go into production whatsoever but beyond that one episode the anger beavers it, it sits like for me in the in the middle in the realm of 90s nicktoons it's a solid middle piece and and for some that might seem like that's very low for the angry beavers how dare you but i i feel like it's a solid foundation in the middle it's not it's not bad but it's not like it's it has its moments that are memorable but when you talk to people, like I, I've met like maybe two or three people in my entire life that were just massive Angry Beavers fans, um, either uh, recently watching them on Paramount Plus or just remembering nostalgic episodes from when they were a kid. Uh, but by and large, when you meet most Nickelodeon's fans of, of the 90s, Angry Beavers doesn't get brought up as much as other shows do, and that's not a bad thing. Being in the middle is is not terrible. I love the Angry Beavers as much as I do any other Nicktoon. Um, but both both Beavers, uh, Richard Horovitz, Invader Zim here voicing Daggett, and Nick Bakay voicing Norbert uh, in the series. In the pilot, he was actually voiced by uh, Mitchell Whitfield. I, I enjoyed, I have very strong memories about the Angry Beavers. I love Beaver Fever, you know, the episode in which they become a massive, like, disco duo, uh, making records, like, selling albums, and just absolutely crazy. And then they get upstaged by uh, a bear who sings, like, Barry White. Um, I, I remember episodes about uh, their, their serial adventures, looking for prizes at the bottom of the box. Uh, Daggett's and Norbert's obsession with street sweepers, uh, their love of, of cheesy old school horror and sci-fi movies, um, that that kind of love for, for that kind of content was all over this show. They had many homages to old school uh, horror, like really cheesy stuff. Um, and you can, if you're a fan of any of that stuff or even know about it, you'll, and you get those references, like, it's it's a level and appreciation that you it doesn't matter if you hate them or love them you you can appreciate that there's this kind of love for it. Um, the the beavers like I I I love them I absolutely love them they're iconic, um, and they they won awards while they were on television. I I just feel like Nickelodeon didn't fully try to push this show out. I feel like there were some shows that in terms of like products. There were more available in stores than there were for the beavers. I've seen, you know, obviously there was like plush dolls, but there were like far and few between. And it wasn't even until recently. I mean, the Funko Pops are, are one thing. Um, I, I just feel like even when it was on television, it wasn't a show that Nickelodeon tried to monetize a ton. Uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's just more Angry Beavers products than I have any idea of. But I would I would love to own all of them, honestly. 
I also think there's room for the Angry Beavers to return in some sort of project on, on Paramount+, Plus, even if they go the Rocco's Modern Life route and just make a, you know, 45-minute extra-long episode of the Angry Beavers. I think there's there's absolute... Uh, there, there's an audience to see that. There there would be a lot of love for the Beavers to return. So uh, hopefully Viacom, Nickelodeon, Paramount, they, they get to it and do something with those characters. Uh, even if they just want to bring back the show, it's a show that can go on and, and you can have more stories of that world. But uh, 29 years ago, on April 18th, 1992, Nick News with Linda Ellerby premiered on Nickelodeon. Um, now, for those who grew up, this was a real hit or miss show for you. Either you, you know, wanted to watch something informative, something that you would learn kind of about the world and what was going on in an easy to explain way uh, with the the absolutely wonderful voice of Linda Ellerby uh, narrating for you what was going on and, and interviewing interesting people or. Uh, you, you wanted to watch cartoons and you turned the channel. When I was a kid, I um, I liked the commercials of Linda Ellerby. I, I liked Linda Ellerby as a kid. Like I, I knew I, I did. I trusted her. I could tell that if I was going to watch the show, I would feel like, you know, this this woman was trustworthy. I can I can believe what she's telling me. Um, but as a very young kid, I didn't watch the show at all. As I got older, depending on the subject matter, I, I would tune, tune in to Nick News and, and enjoyed it. Um, it, it has a, a long history, 24 seasons, 178 episodes. It was created by Linda Ellerby herself, uh, and she received, um, uh, nine, nine, uh, nominations, nine wins, of a primetime Emmy for uh, outstanding children's program. Uh, it was, it's been nominated 22 times and won nine across the uh, 23 year history. Um, that might, I feel like that's a low number, but you know what? Nine is a lot like to win that nine times is a big deal. So, so good for her. Uh, there, there's been talks about a revival. There were some, you know, it looks like there was some rumblings in 2020 about uh, Nick news coming back. Um, Nick news is something that, uh, done the right way, like kind of doing what John Oliver is doing over on uh, last week tonight or this week tonight on HBO. Um, I watch those segments he does on YouTube. And of course, you know, for certain subject matter for kids, you, you'd have to not be so mature about it. But um, I, I think a weekly Nick News concept could could actually work and be interesting enough that kids and adults would want to tune in. Um, kind of in the way that kind of in the way that adults want to tune in to watch John Oliver tell about like the news and, and kind of open your eyes to uh, things you might not know are going on. Certainly, uh, certainly room there for, for something to happen. Thirty three years ago on April 18th, 1988, the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards premiered on Nickelodeon. That clearly has a long history, and I'm sure as a kid at some point, if you were a Nickelodeon watcher, you tuned into to one full Kids' Choice Awards. It, it, at some point, it, it's an exciting event. Nickelodeon builds it up to this like massive occasion. It's it's their Oscars. It's the time for the kids to speak and say what they want to be the best or acknowledge to be the best. And uh, and in a lot of cases, it's Nickelodeon just um. Promoting themselves because, man, uh, when you see the amount of some of the Nickelodeon awards that they've won themselves, it's it's a little, you know, patty on the back, if you will. I don't know. 
But um, I, I of course, super nostalgic over over some hosts that that you grow up with. Um, I, I'm talking about Rosie O'Donnell throughout the '90s. Uh, going through the the hosts here, I mean the the first first batch of hosts: Matt Nespol, Rebecca Schwager, and Mark Shananan. No, Mark Shanahan. Oh man, I know somebody with the last name Sh- uh, Shanahan. Oh man, that's a little bit creepy. Um, yeah, the ne- following year, you, you, the stardom just goes through the roof with Tony Danza, Debbie Gibson, Brian Robbins, and Dan Schneider. Oh wow. Uh, the the following year, Nicole Eggert, Will Wheaton, and then you have 1990 with Dave Coulier, Candace Cameron, and Dave Faustino. Uh, Corey Nemec, Corin Nemec, 1991, 1992, Holly Robinson, Brian Austin Green, and Tori Spelling, 1994, Jory Lawrence. I'm not going to go through every year, by the way. I'm just getting up to uh, 1997. Uh, uh, Joey Lawrence, Candace Cameron, Mark Wiener, 1994, 95, Whitney Houston, who then co-hosted in 96 with Rosie O'Donnell, who just took over central hosting duties for so many years throughout the 90s. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell was synonymous with the Kids' Choice Awards growing up. Um, she's like, I, I think Billy Crystal has this kind of honor with the Oscars for the amount of times he's hosted. And it's just like, like when you hear about him hosting here, it's synonymous with the Oscars. When you think about Rose, Rosie O'Donnell hosting any live show, I Kids' Choice Awards is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and then they just started like after she left, it just went downhill, in my opinion, in some regard. But then I see names. I look at this list of names. I see that Jack Black hosted three times. He's got a he's got a bit of a record there and good for him, because if I mean, if I was asked, I would constantly say yes to host this show. I would have no problem. Uh, Rosie hosted eight times. Jack Black is second place with three. Third place uh, is Whitney Houston and John Cena, who have both hosted twice. Um, the most wins. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants has the most Kids' Choice Awards with 18 over the series' run. Um, individually, Selena Gomez has won the most trophies with uh, 11, following uh, by Will Smith and Adam Sandler, who both have walked away with 10. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is apparently the only person to have won a Kids' Choice Award alongside the uh, the EGOT com- combination of an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Good on you, Whoopi. Um, yeah, but this is—it's a fun—it's a fun little show. They do fun things with celebrities. It's—it's it's a way for Nickelodeon to promote um, big events they have going on uh, around the Kids Choice Awards. They dropped the first trailer for the SpongeBob movie. I remember during the Kids Choice Awards, they usually would have premieres of big shows right after because they knew it was a good lead-in. Um, they and it, they were fun. They were fun, and at some point, they always speak to the to the generation of kids that are watching. Because I've watched, I've tried watching Kids Choice Awards as an adult, and I just can't. Like at some point, you know, some celebrity just being you know slimed on, it goes less appealing unless you kind of know them. And then okay, maybe it's a little funny. Like if Adam Sandler gets slimed right now, yeah, I would check out the video, and and it might be funny depending on his reaction. That's about it. I I have no, you know, if it's some young guy that is on Nickelodeon that I have no idea, like if David Dobrik is getting slimed, I, I'm not going to care at all. Why would I need to watch that? It's not fun. But 
it, that's not the point. It's supposed to be fun for the kids who are watching. So that's that's the beauty of it. It's it's wonderful that I don't get the kids' choice award at thirty the the same way I did when I when I watched at seven. That, that's a beautiful thing. Um, it means they're doing something right. But I I don't pay attention to it at all. I I haven't in in probably decades. Um, unless, you know, like I said, if, if something is noteworthy the next day and something on YouTube, you just watch it, you spend a minute or two to check it out and, and that's it. Um, but that is this week in Nickelodeon history. If you have any Nickelodeon questions, you can email me at snailmail at euphonics.com, UFO, nyx.com and uh, and i thank you for joining me stay safe out there uh, uh please reach out to any friends or family who may need some help let them know that you're a friend uh, and we will see you here next week and this week in nickelodeon history take it away boys